0: Find an expert. You know, your your. It's all about relationship capital, and your network equals your net worth. And if you want to be successful, you know, associate with successful people. If you want to be rich, hang out with rich people. If you want to be broke, hang out with broke people. <laughs>
1: Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Michelle Siler Tucker of Siler Tucker Incorporated. Michelle, it's great to have you on the show.
0: Thank you, Gresh. Thanks for having me. Happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday to you too. And I appreciate you for taking some time out to talk a little bit more about all the awesome things that you're doing. And before we do that, I want to read a little bit more about Michelle so you can hear about all the awesome things that she's doing. Michelle is the founder and CEO of Siler Tucker Incorporated. She holds the MNAMI, Mergers and Acquisition Mastery Intermediary title, as well as a certified Mergers and Acquisition Professional and Certified Business Analyst. Michelle also owns many other businesses and several different industries. And as a 20-year veteran in the M&A industry, she is regarded as the leading authority on buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses. Her firm has sold over a over a thousand businesses in almost every vertical and have a remarkable track record of success. Michelle, great to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCL community?
0: I am. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Absolutely appreciate you for taking time out and to jump straight into everything. I wanted to hear a little bit more on how you got started, what I call your CEO story.
0: Yep, sure. So um, how did I get started? (laughs) That was so many years ago. I have always been an entrepreneur. I always knew I wasn't going to, I didn't want to work for someone because my biggest pet peeve is I don't like to be told what to do. (laughs) So I don't make a very good employee. Um, so I always knew I would be an entrepreneur of all many different businesses and different verticals. I also transitioned into franchise. I opened up a franchise company where I did franchise sales, franchise development, franchise consulting. I was a partner with different franchisors. And one day, um, well, not one day, but so many buyers kept coming to me and asking me, Michelle, do you have any existing businesses for sale? And I kept saying, no, no, no. And I'm like, why am I saying no? I should be saying yes, <laughs> law yeah. of attraction. Yes. So I said, you know what? I'm going to start my M&A firm. And that's basically what I did a little over 20 years ago. And when I got into mergers and acquisitions, the first I was selling small businesses and then very quickly transitioned into selling businesses $10 million and up. That's how I was able to get the titles, the acronyms that I have now. Uh, but I learned very quickly that what Steve Forbes says is true eight out of 10 businesses won't sell. So 80% of businesses on the market crash will never sell. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to starve to death. If I don't learn how to fix these businesses, grow these businesses, build them, put them on a build to sell plan, then I'm going to starve to death. So that's when I decided to start my, um, that's when I really started to focus on not just selling businesses and merging businesses, but really focus on fixing them, you know, figuring out what's wrong with them, Growing them, put them on a build-to-sell program, and that's really how I started specializing in buying, selling, fixing, growing. I do partner with business owners, investing my core competencies, my expertise, capital resources, and put them on a grow-to-sell grow model. Plus, we buy businesses and fix them too. So that's really how we specialize in buying, selling, fixing, growing.
1: Nice. So I definitely appreciate you, uh, you know, for sharing that. And of course, you know, doing that as well, too, and helping these businesses to, to be successful so that you can make sure you don't go hungry, which is always important as well, too. So <laughs> I love that you've been able to kind of, you know, help not just do it yourself, but also be able to, to kind of help these businesses to make sure that you get there. And so I, I wanted to I know you touched on it a little bit. I wanted to drill down a little bit more hear a little bit more on how you work with your clients and what you are, are talking about in your book as well, too, and what we can kind of learn from you there.
0: So how do I work with my clients? hmm. Yeah, it really depends upon what stage they're in. Um, But, you know, like I said, Steve Forbes says 80% of businesses don't sell. That's eight out of ten businesses. And the biggest mistake the business owners make, the number one reason for that is that business owners don't really think about their exit. They don't think about selling. They don't plan their exit until like, oh, my God, I got to sell. And they go, oh, my God, I got to sell because of health issues, partner disputes, divorce, death or this pandemic we're in. <laughs> so they don't think about selling until a catastrophic event occurs. And that's really the worst time to sell your business because you're not gonna be exiting rich at that point. You're gonna be exiting poor. Mm-hmm. you to be selling for pennies on a dollar. And that's because your business is in a catastrophe. And when your business is in the middle of the catastrophe, okay. it's trending downward and it's not doing well. The best time to sell your business is when the business is doing, you know, great and in its prime. So what we do really um, is, Gresh, is, we work with our business owners to plan their exit from the beginning, kind of like Stephen Covey, Covey says: start with the end in mind. Start with the end in mind. So yeah. we put them on what I call the GPS exit model. So it's kind of like when you want to drive somewhere. What's the first thing you do? You look at your phone, you go to Google Maps and you plug in your
1: GPS or whatever. Your you're GPS, your destination, yeah, yeah, guess, right? Yeah.
0: You plug in your destination. If you don't plug in your destination, what happens?
1: Yeah, you end up everywhere. <laughs> Instead of yeah, where you're Everywhere, to be. you
0: end up nowhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or
0: you end up lost. <laughs> and that's what happens with business owners. They don't plan to fail. They fail to plan and they don't have a destination. They don't have an end game. They don't have a desired sales price. So I always tell my clients, pick a number. Let's say you want to sell your business. Let's say you want to sell your business for $5 million. Boom, there's a number. You can always tweak it along the way. You can adjust it. You, you know, you can increase it, decrease it. And then the next thing that the GPS exit model needs to know, where are you starting from? What is your current location? What is your current evaluation? Most business owners have never had their business evaluated. They have no idea what their business is worth, which is really financial suicide because our business is our most valuable asset. You know, we go to the doctor once a year to get an annual checkup, right? Or or we should be anyway, (laughs) to make sure our heart's still ticking and we're still kicking. We drive a car to the mechanic. Sometimes we take better better care of our cars than we do our our bodies. But we take our car to the mechanic to get an annual tune-up. But we don't take our most prized possession, which is our business, to get an annual valuation checkup. And you don't do this at your local CPAs. You really need to align yourself with an M&A expert because CPAs don't know how to value synergies. And so let's say your business is worth a million dollars and you want to sell it for five million. Then the next step you need to know is, well, what is my time frame? Let's say you want to do it in 10 years. Then the next thing you need to know is what are, who are my buyers? And that's five different types of buyers. And the reason why I say buyers is because gosh, so many people come to me, so many business owners come to me and say, Michelle, I already have the buyer. I just need you to represent me with this one buyer. And I always say, no, <laughs> I go, what do you mean no?" And I go, no, because I got to go in there and do the valuation we got to praise the business. We got to look at it to see if it operates on all six cylinders, all the ST6Ps. Then we got to do the, you know, due diligence. we got to put, get, gather all the due diligence and stick them in a data room. And I promise you that one buyer is probably going to fall apart. So you always want to have backup buyers, number one, and you can never maximize value if you only have one buyer because you can't create competition with a party of one. So, the five different types of buyers, would you like to know those?
1: Yeah, please go for it.
0: 90% of buyers are first-time buyers. They don't buy multi-million dollar companies. They buy ice cream stores, smoothie shops, restaurants, dry cleaners. Turnaround specialists is a second type of buyer. They buy distressed assets. Mm-hmm. They don't buy multi-million dollar companies. Private equity groups buy based upon platforms and add-ons. So, let's say a pl- private equity group wants to get into technology. They won't even look at technology company unless it has at least $3 million and up in EBITDA. EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization, or another word for cash flow. Mm. <laughs> and but if they're already in the technology space and they have that platform, then they'll consider add-ons, smaller technology companies, under a million dollars in cash flow. And then the next type of strategic/slash competitors, they pay the highest multiple Gresh because they're buying synergies. And they're buying synergies to catapult their current business to the next level. And then your last type of buyer strategics I'm sorry, sophisticated entrepreneurs, and they typically are industry agnostic. They just chase EBITDA. So now that you have your plan, you're like, okay, I want to sell for $5 million. Those three types of buyers, the last three types of buyers are good for my business. Then you need to say, okay, well, where's my numbers need to be? If I want to sell for 5 million, what's my gross? Where's my cost of goods, operating expense? Most importantly, What does my EBITDA need to be? And to sell for 5 million, your EBITDA is going to have to be around a million dollars depending upon your synergies. And then the next big thing is, what are the synergies that buyers are looking for? What is their specific criteria? How do I build my business to meet their specific criteria? It's kind of like when you open up a business, you go, okay, this is my widget. This is my direct target market. It's the same thing with your business. Your business is your product. And you want to build your product to sell to specific buyers.
1: What would you consider to be what I like to call your secret sauce? And this could be for yourself personally or the business or a combination of both. But what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? Make?
0: Yeah, I think what my secret sauce is, and that's a great question because I always ask my clients that, <laughs> but I think my secret sauce is first and foremost, being in this industry for 20 years, having over 20 years of, of MA experience, number one. Number two, you know, we, my company sold over a thousand businesses And we've worked with even more than that. So I think my secret sauce is also owning multiple businesses in different industries because it gives me that competitive edge. And I'm able to completely understand and am empathetic of what the business owner is going through when they decide to sell their business because I've sold my own businesses. So it gives me a whole different perspective to be able to put myself in their shoes versus you know, there's a lot of M&A advisors that's never even owned the business before. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have. But what's something that makes you more effective and efficient?
0: Is I start my day off of gratitude. On what I'm thankful for. I also start my day off with results. A lot of people start their day off with their to-do list, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what they need to accomplish that day. I start my day off of what I want the outcome to be. Mm -hmm. What results do I want to accomplish today versus a long to-do list? And I focus more on energy management versus time management. And another big hack, I think for me, is I focus on my strengths only those things that only I can do, such as writing my books. I've written three books um, and I delegate the rest <laughs> yeah. and I empower people to make decisions, but I always inspect what I expect. I always trust what I verify.
1: Absolutely. And so um, this might that might be, you know, what I would call a CEO nugget, which is kind of a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. It could be something from your book or just something you would tell a client or maybe even your younger business self.
0: Yeah. Um, what I what I would tell, I mean, gosh, I have so many golden nuggets. In fact, my book, Exit Rich, has 23 chapters, and each chapter crush is called Golden Nugget number one, go to Nugget awesome. Number Two, Go to Nugget Number Three. So pick up Exit Rich and get all of my golden yeah, nuggets. We get, a, we get a whole mountain. Um, <laughs> but what I would tell my younger self, and this is what I tell clients today, is find an expert. You know, you're, you're it's all about relationship capital and your network equals your net worth. And if you want to be successful, you know, associate with successful people. You want to be rich, hang out with rich people. You want to be broke, hang out with broke people. (laughs) You know, but the bottom line is if you want to be an entrepreneur, really find a great mentor, an expert, somebody who's traveled down the path you want to travel because they will shorten your learning curve dramatically. And it will shorten your path to success dramatically. And my, my, my quote for that, my quote for that is it's hard to read the label from the inside of the bottle. Mm-hmm. You need an outsider's perspective to read the warning signs and keep you out of the danger zone.
1: Awesome. 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 And now I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Michelle, what does being a CEO mean to you?
0: I always say you can never grow the business beyond what you can grow the owner. Mm. So a CEO is somebody that always has to continue to learn, All has to be a sponge, has to soak it up, has to continue to always grow because the business won't grow past you and has to recognize their strengths like we talked about a minute ago, recognize your weaknesses and don't be afraid. To hire people smarter than you. So many entrepreneurs are so afraid to go, oh my God, I can't hire somebody smarter than me because I will look dumb. (laughs) You know, they won't respect me. And they want to hire people just like them. Well, because like likes like, right? You hire people just like you. You're not going to grow. Your business is not going to grow. Don't be afraid. Some of the smartest, most successful people in the world hire people smarter than them.
1: Michelle, truly appreciate that definition, and I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do was just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know, and of course, how best they can get a hold of you, get a copy of the book, and find out about all the awesome things that you're working on.
0: Yeah, and, and the biggest piece of advice I can give is your past doesn't define you. You know, so many um, entrepreneurs, individuals, people get stuck in their past. Your past doesn't define you and shouldn't control your future. You're the director, you're the producer, you're the star in your movie, you write the script, you control your future. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as how can people reach me? I would la- encourage everyone to go get my copy of Exit Rich and you can get that at exitrichbook.com or you can buy that on Amazon. And my main website is tucker.com You can also follow me on Facebook, at Michelle Siler Tucker, um, Instagram, and connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm everywhere.
1: Awesome. 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 And to make it even easier, we will have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can click through and follow You know all the awesome things you're doing, see the books that you've written, and the course, your latest book as well, too. But I appreciate that last reminder so much. I think so many times when we're in our present spot, we can look backwards and, and feel like we're stuck or we can even get caught looking forward. But I think understanding that you have the power within you to kind of reinvent yourself, be whatever you want to be is so empowering. So appreciate you for sharing that. Of course, doing that with so many businesses and leaders as well too, in so many ways. And of course, appreciate your time. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the IMCEO CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr.
0: Thank you for listening.